Please turn to Psalm 83. Amen. Psalm 83. And brother, if you don't mind, I've just had a change of heart in the song I'd like to sing afterwards, uh, number 160, The Lord Jehovah Reigns. One of the aggressors mentioned in the psalm is Tyre, and it's referred to by prophecy from Ezekiel 26 in that psalm, in that song. Number 160, the Lord Jehovah reigns. Okay, Psalm 83. Keep not thou silence, O Lord. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For, lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people, and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. The tabernacles of Edom, and the Ishmaelites, of Moab, and the Hagarenes, Gebal, and Ammon, and Amalek, the Philistines, with the inhabitants of Tyre. Asher also is joined with them. They have holpen the children of Lot. Selah. Do unto them as unto the Midianites, as to Sisera, as to Jabin at the brook of Kaisan, which perished at Endor. They became as dung for the earth. Amen. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb, yea, all their princes as Zeba and as Zalmunna, who said, Let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. O my God, make them like a wheel, as the stubble before the wind, as the fire burneth a wood, and as the flame setteth the mountains on fire. So persecute them with thy tempest, and make them afraid with thy storm. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek thy name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish, that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, Art the most high over all the earth. Amen. Amen. This entire psalm is an imprecatory prayer addressed to the Lord Jehovah against a God hating, unified, well organized international conspiracy. Amen. If divisions are helpful, verses 1 through 8 lay out a dire predicament and verses 9 through 18 are a prayer for judgment on the conspirators with supporting evidence. Keep not thy silence, O God, hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. The psalmist identifies these people as God's enemies. Lifting up the head indicates they were in a position of power and ability. In contrast, Israel is described as hidden. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, 
Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. These nations may not have had much in common, different languages, different nationalities, different histories, similar in some cases, and different gods. But they all agreed on one thing. They wanted to get rid of Israel. They took crafty counsel, meaning they had intelligent people applying their mental efforts to this United Nations Tower of Babel-type task of of unifying international efforts against God and his people. Next, we have listed the members of this conspiracy, the Tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites of Moab and the Hagarenes, Gebal and Ammon and Amalek, the Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre. Asher also is joined with them. That's Assyria. They have hope in the children of Lot, Selah. Selah means we should stop and think about this group and this situation. Each nation mentioned here had conflict with Israel at various times, but now they're all united together. Notice that Israel was surrounded by these people. Edom and the Ishmaelites were to the south. Moabites and the Ammonites were to the east. Philistines were to the west. Assyria and Tyre to the north. A coordinated invasion from all sides could be disastrous. How does a righteous man pray in these circumstances? Three points are given in this psalm. Number one, he remembers God's deliverances in times past and begs God to do similar things for him. Number two, he rehearses the words of his enemies to the Lord knowing the words of the wicked will provoke the Lord to come to the aid of the righteous. Number three, he is certain that the name and reputation of the Lord will be enhanced by the Lord's deliverance. Do unto them as unto the Midianites, as to Sisera, as to Jabin, at the brook Kison, which perished at Endor, they became as dung for the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb, Yea, all their princes as Zeba and as Zalmunna. Two events from the book of Judges are mentioned here. Gideon was greatly outnumbered by an international coalition led by the Midianites. The odds were at least 450 to 1 in favor of the Midianites, and the Lord liked those odds. (laughs) Oreb and Zeb were Midianite princes. Zeba and Zalmunna were their kings. Israel didn't have princes or kings. This was during the time of the judges. Gideon's men went to battle unusually equipped with flashlights in their left hands and trumpets in their right hands. The Lord encouraged Gideon with two signs and with a Midianite dream interpretation and caused confusion in the night among the Midianite host so that they destroyed their own army. Amen. Jabin was king of Canaan. And Sisera was captain of his army. They oppressed Israel for 20 years. Sisera had 900 chariots of iron. The prophetess Deborah barely convinced Barak to lead an army of 10,000 men against him. The iron chariots did not help Sisera. In fact, he jumped out of his. The Lord from heaven discomfited his large army, and they all destroyed each other, and Sisera was killed by a woman with a tent stake. The psalmist asks the Lord for destruction of enemies similar to that wrecked upon the Midianites and Sisera. Secondly, the psalmist quotes their enemies. 
they said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. And let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. The psalmist knew words like this would provoke the Lord to help his people. In 2 Kings 19, Rabshakeh and Sennacherib wrote a letter to Hezekiah with many reasons why the Lord would not be able to deliver Jerusalem from the Assyrians. They listed many kings and nations they had already conquered. They noted the inability of various deities to protect them. This letter would have been very convincing to someone who didn't know the Lord. But Hezekiah did know the Lord, and he knew Judah's God was very different from any other. Hezekiah went to the temple and spread out the letter before the Lord and asked him to see and read the reproach against him. The Lord answered by sending Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, with a message of peace to Hezekiah. Then he sent an angel to destroy 185,000 Assyrians in one night. Sennacherib went back to Nineveh, and while worshiping Nisroch, two of his sons killed him. The psalmist arrives at his third and final reason for the Lord to answer his prayer, that men would recognize that Jehovah is the sovereign of the universe, the most high over all the earth, as it's expressed here. The Lord is sovereign ruler of the universe, and he wants people to know that. The Lord raised up Pharaoh and put him down for the express purpose of getting himself a name and reputation through all the earth, according to Exodus 9.16 and Romans 9.17. The Lord personally taught Nebuchadnezzar his dominion, and Nebuchadnezzar made sure everyone in his world empire received a copy of Daniel 4. In the event between Hezekiah and the Assyrians, Hezekiah opened his prayer with an appeal to God's dominion and closed it with an appeal to God's reputation. As we proceed through other passages like this one today, let us be impressed, instructed, and comforted by God's completely sovereign rule over all things. Amen. 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 Amen.